Well, welcome to another uh, episode on our podcast, uh, Colonial Church STA. Thanks for listening in. Um, my name is Pastor Matt McClory, and I'm excited to record this podcast and have you listen to it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this is really a, uh, a leadership message. I delivered this message to our staff a couple of weeks ago, um, but I really believe it's a it's a it's a leadership thought and something I want to unpack that that I believe will help you um, in whatever sphere of life you're in. We're all called to leadership in some way, whether it's in the home, outside the home, um, and so I believe this will help you. I want to talk today about raising leaders. Raising up leaders is so key. Um, And I really want to talk about replacement theology when it comes to leadership. Um, So I've titled this today, Four Keys to Raising Up Leaders. Four keys, I think these are four good steps. I think they're practical. um, And I really think that when we look at scripture, we get a a great encouragement that when it comes to to the way God works in the kingdom of God, He he wants us to raise up leaders. He wants to use multiplication. He wants to use, um, you know, the way that He impresses uh, upon a human heart as a way to to activate leadership, to help people move forward um, and to see people fulfill their God-given calling in life. So great leaders are constantly replacing themselves. It's just, it's just a fact. If you look at great leaders, any kind of great ministry, great businesses, um, they, they don't just start and end with one person. They don't just begin with, with one great visionary. Um, what you find, whether it's in the marketplace or in a church setting, is that people come alongside and, and, and great ministries aren't built on one person. Uh, they're usually built on a great team. And um, we see that in Exodus chapter 18, and this is the passage of scripture I'd love to use right now. But it talks about a time in Moses' ministry when he was essentially just doing everything he could. He was a, he was a shepherd. He was leading the people of Israel. Uh, it was challenging. He was obviously put there by God. He had a calling on his life. He had, um, he had lots to deal with. But in uh, Exodus 18, which by the way, um, I learned recently that Exodus 18 is now being used in a lot of top business schools for a model of leadership, um, for an example of leadership. And, um, and I think that's pretty amazing that, um, that the world's looking to the Bible for this. Um, but I, and that's why I also think this applies to your business as well. If you're in the marketplace, I believe this can apply and help you as well. But there's a scene in Exodus 18 in verse 13. I want to read it from the message, but it's when uh, Moses gets a visitor. A visitor comes to see him. So I'm reading from Exodus 18 and uh, verse 13 in the message. It says, The next day Moses took his place to judge the people. People were standing before him all day long from morning to night. When Moses' father-in-law saw what he was doing for all the people, this is Jethro, he said, What's going on here? Why are you doing all this? And all by yourself, letting everybody line up before you from morning to night. Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to judge me, uh, come to me with questions about God. When something comes up, they come to me. I judge between a man and his neighbor and teach them God's laws and instructions. And Jethro replies and says, this is no way to go about it. You'll burn out and the people ride along with you. This is way too much for you. You can't do this alone. Now listen to me. Let me tell you how to do this so that God will be in this with you. Be there for the people before God, but let the matters of concern be presented to God. Your job is to teach them the rules and instructions to show them how to live 
and what to do. And when you keep and then you need to keep a sharp eye out for competent men. Men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders over groups organized by the thousand, by the hundred, by the fifty, and by the ten. They will be responsible for the everyday work of judging among the people. They'll bring the hard cases to you, but in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. They will share your load, and that will make it easier for you. Listen to what he says here. He says, if you handle the work this way, you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you. And the people in their settings will flourish also. And it goes on, it says, Moses listened to the counsel of his father-in-law and he did everything he said. And it's pretty amazing when you think about the impact and the influence that Jethro had on Moses in that moment, in that time when Moses was clearly worn out, he was struggling, um, he was sitting, the scriptures say, from morning till night, Literally just having people line up, coming to him, um, small cases, big cases. There was no um, organization of it all. There was no separation of anything. It really was just kind of an all-in situation. And Moses was being burnt out. The people were, were being burnt out. And that model of leadership, I believe, is a type of leadership that does end up um, leaving you worn out, leaving you in a position where you think, man, I just can't do this anymore. And um, I'm not sure how I can continue. But what we see here is advice from God that comes through through, um, Jethro that gives a very sound principle and a way to go forward when it comes to raising up leaders and people to help us do the work that God, ultimately God has given us to do. And so I want to talk a little bit about that right now. How do we do it? How do you look at, say, your business? How do you look at your even even looking at inside the family uh, home? I think you, there there are, there are applications here as well um, that you could take this model of leadership and apply it. But how do we do it? Well, I've got four keys, and I gave this to our staff. And when it comes to raising up leaders, I think these are um, just principles that you could you could use step by step process. And the first one of these, the first key is selection. When it comes to raising up leaders, you've got to select. Um, in the scripture here, it says, and then you need to keep a sharp eye out for competent men. And, he, and Jethro breaks it down. He says, men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible. So ultimately, what we need to do is when we're looking for leaders, when we're trying to raise up leaders, what is the first step? The first step is we've got to have an eye out. We've got to be looking. We've got to be locating. We've got to be finding. We've got to be going for it in terms of um, looking out in the sphere of our lives, the world around us, the, the the people that are around us, and I believe that what God does in our lives is He puts people around us. He He surrounds us because when God calls us, He graces us, and as part of that, He usually sends people to us, and those people ultimately will be part of the answer to whatever you're trying to accomplish. Um, but we as leaders need to be looking. We need to be locating. We need to be finding. Are you the type of person in your everyday work life? Say you're running a business. Are you looking out on the um, on the shop floor? Are you looking out amongst the staff? Are you looking out potentially um, throughout the group of interns that might be in your organisation? Are you looking? Are you keeping a sharp eye out for competent men and women that could do um, do this job and be raised up as a leader? But it's something I believe in leadership. We we need to constantly be doing looking for people, selecting great people, and then raising those people up. 
And I think it's a process that continues. Um, if we want to keep growing and keep building our leadership and our our organizations and um, for us here at Colonial, as our church grows, we just need to keep looking out for great people. So that's the first key. The second key in raising great leaders, I think, is empowerment. So once we've selected someone, we then we need to empower them. What does that mean? Well, it's simply this. It's putting the power in. I love that Jethro... Uh, he broke it down for Moses. He said, look, you know, this is how you need to do it. You need to to give them the cases that they can handle, the ones that are the smaller cases, the ones that look like this. And I love that Jethro gave Moses that detail. And that's what empowerment is. Empowerment is a sit down. Um, when it comes to the task of leadership, there's things that are required. There's stuff that, that, that has to happen. There are things that, if you think about a church setting, there are teams that need to be built. There are um, events that need to happen. There are uh, ministries that need to move forward. And there are nuts and bolts involved in that. And so empowerment is simply the sit down and then the putting the power in. And I love the, the, the thought when it comes to empowerment. What I'm actually doing is I'm powering a person up. I'm powering them up for the task of leadership. And so when I'm raising a leader, I need to understand I've got to find the leader first of all, but the next thing I need to do is I need to power them up. I need to put the skill in them. I need to, to help them know, okay, this is what it looks like. And I think in leadership, whether it's a business setting or a church setting, this is a serious deal. Time needs to be taken. Planning needs to happen. You need to, you know, in our church, we have uh, team nights and these team nights are amazing. They're, they're an opportunity for us as a church to love on our volunteers, but it's also an opportunity for us to empower our people, to put power in and say, look, this is how we like to do things. This is what, what it looks like to be to build a kingdom culture um, and so on and so forth. It's also a great opportunity as you're empowering a leader to take the vision or the mission statement of your organization and put that power into them, help them understand, no, this is who we are as a church. This is who we are as a business. This is what it looks like to be on this team. And as you go forward, um, I believe that empowerment um, key or that time that you've taken will pay great dividends in the future. So number two is empowerment. Number three, um, the next step in raising up great leaders, I believe, is encouragement. So once we've empowered, once we've found someone and we've empowered them, it's amazing what a little sprinkle of encouragement can do for a person. I mean, you watch what it will do for someone. If you encourage someone, it's amazing how the empowerment and the investment that you've put into them will begin to come to life. Some of those seeds of encourage, some of those seeds of empowerment will now um, rise up. And I think, to be honest, when it comes to encouragement, we never graduate from it. We just have to get okay and understand that empowerment uh, and encouragement is just a way of life in leadership. Empowering and encouraging, the two E's, empower people, encourage people, empower people, encourage people. I don't think there should be ever, ever be a time, and this is what I said to our staff, is there should never come a point in our own leadership where we stop encouraging people or, or we're no longer encouraging people. I think it's actually the complete opposite spirit of God if you don't encourage people. I think God is an encouraging God. He's constantly putting courage into us. And us as leaders, when it, when it comes to the people that we're raising up, we have this unbelievable opportunity every single day, every single moment, every single meeting, to actually put courage into people and help people understand, wow, this is this is powerful what I'm doing, and um, and also it's more it's more than just patting someone on the back, or or telling someone how you're doing great. I really I really believe it's putting courage in them for whatever task is ahead for them. 
Because that's what encouragement is. If you look at the word, it's putting courage in. It's helping people have the courage to move forward. And us as leaders, we have the wonderful, beautiful um, ability and therefore responsibility as leaders to put courage in. So when it comes to raising leaders, we've got to select them. We've got to find them. Number two, it's great when we empowerment. Uh, we empower them and, and, and help them with the skills and the understanding of what's required. And, and then I think encouragement is so important when it comes to raising leaders. And then the final key when it comes to raising up great leaders is release. We have to be releasing when it comes to leadership. And I want to explain it, but when you look at this example in Exodus 18, what ultimately is happening here is these leaders are being released to go and do the work of the ministry. They're being released to go out there and do the work that Moses needs to see happen, what God ultimately wants to see happen. Let me read it to you. It says, they'll be responsible for the everyday work of judging among the people. They'll bring the hard cases to you, but in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. There it is there. That's the, re- that's the, the release right there. They will share your load. And that will make it easier for you. If you handle the work this way, you'll have the strength to carry on whatever God commands you and the people in their settings will flourish also. But it says in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. So God is saying, release them. He's saying it through Jethro. Release these guys. Release them to do that. Let them um, hear the the cases. Let them um, distribute the the law. Let them, um, you know, take care of those issues so ultimately, what did it take from Moses? It took releasing leadership. And we, when it comes to raising up leaders, once we've done the work of finding and empowering and encouraging, we need to be big enough leaders to release leaders, to give them a shot, to go away, to do what they're called to do. I wonder how you are releasing. Are you a releasing leader or are you the opposite of that, which is probably what we would all call a control freak? If you're a control freak, it means that you're just trying to control the outcomes all the time. But a great leader understands, I need to put a little bit of risk on the table here. I'm giving this person an opportunity. But that doesn't mean as I give them the opportunity that I still reach into their role and try to control the outcome. We got to be releasing. We got to let people um, have a shot and let people uh, try to like, like we see here in scripture, um, be the judges, be the, be, be the people that are, that are released to be able to, to do the work. And I think it's a really freeing thing for someone who's being raised up as a leader to be empowered, to be encouraged, but then to be released, to be able to do, um, do the role that they've actually signed up for. They've put their hand up for it and said, hey, I want to do this. I would love to be a part of this ministry. I would love to be a part of this organization. They've gone through the steps of selection, uh, empowerment, encouragement. They've stepped up and now they're in a position where they're ready to roll. They're ready to do this thing. But if we hold back on releasing it, ultimately, that's I think that's a sad situation when people aren't fully released to be able to step into the God calling that is ahead for them. I want to be the type of leader and I want to lead the type of church when we're releasing when it comes to, to leadership. We give people the opportunity. And I think ultimately what happens here in scripture, and this is how I'd like to finish it, finish this podcast, is if you look at Moses' life, what, what happened as he released others, he himself was released. If you think about what, what actually took place, um, it says that you'll have the strength. You know, Jethro says, if you handle the work this way, 
you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you. So ultimately, it's better for you. But then it gets even better than that. It says, and the people in their settings will flourish also. So as you release others as a leader, you yourself will be released. You yourself will be elevated. You yourself will be able to to go on and do whatever God commands you. But the people that you've raised up will feel released as well. And here's, here's the cool part. If we can take this leadership model to heart, if we can be the type of leaders, whether again, it's in your business, maybe you're starting a new company and you listen to this and you're starting a new firm and you know, you've got exciting days ahead, but they're pioneering days ahead. I believe if you take this model, if you take this model of leadership forward and be the type of leader and says, no, I'm not going to try to hold on to everything myself. I'm not going to try to do everything myself. I'm not going to be a control freak, but I'm going to really put power into people. I'm going to encourage people, tell them they're doing great. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to release people. I believe as you do that, the work will be good for them, but the work will be good for you. And there'll be amazing things ahead in Jesus' name. I pray this uh, this message bless you. Like I said, it was something that we delivered to our staff a couple of weeks ago, but I'm, in, uh, I'm excited to, to release it on our podcast as well. Be blessed and um, we'll see you at church on Sunday.